Welcome to the Ask Your Pastor podcast, where we explore biblical answers for today's congregation. Well, welcome to the Ask Your Pastor podcast, uh, where we answer questions from the congregation and get real biblical answers from pastors. Uh, Today, I'm joined by Matthew Cannon. He is one of the members here at Temple Baptist Church. Uh, I am Brandon Whitaker, your host, and we are also joined by Shane Smith, who is a pastor at Temple Baptist Church. And uh, this is something that we've been actually trying to get started for quite some time. Uh, I know that uh, me and uh, Matthew, uh, we've been talking about this for a lot, uh, trying to get something going, wanted to get a podcast, something that, uh, you know, the members could listen to. And uh, happy to have you here on the on the podcast, uh, Matt. So it's good to have you here. Good to be here, guys. Good to be here. And um, and I think that uh, it's it's good to actually have a, a something finally coming together and, and actually happening. Uh, and I and it's something that uh, Shane, I think I talked to you back uh, earlier uh, in 2018 uh, around October. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were possibility to have a forum where uh, you can. Uh, you know, answer questions and uh, things that uh, the congregation may be concerned about, but really doesn't know uh, who to ask or, or how to um, produce a question, you know, to the pastor, especially uh, sometimes there may be a situation where they don't have access uh, to just talk to the talk to the pastor. So it's uh, good to, to have this opportunity, I think, um, to um, really draw the congregation closer together uh, and be able to um, discuss things that are on people's minds. Uh, so it's, uh, you know, we're joined here. I wanted to see if you could kind of um, give us a little introduction about yourself um, and uh, Shane and, and tell us uh, about, uh, about uh, what uh, kind of led you to want to do something like this. Yeah, well, <clears throat> just to start off, I've, uh, I've been a pastor at Temple now um, full time for several years. I've been a pastor there for almost seven years and uh, started out in the youth ministry there. And uh, then transitioned over into an associate pastor position uh, a few years ago. And uh, I just think this is a great avenue. For one, um, my daughter is in college. She's 19 years old. And uh, she and her friends like to use this format. They they like to listen to podcasts. And so I thought, you know, um, when she brought it up, I started thinking, I thought this is a great idea, you know, a great opportunity to answer some questions and people can kind of listen on the go and they don't have to stop. And so I think it's, I think it's going to be a good thing. Good. Um, and I think Matt, you were, um, actually, um, kind of diving into podcasting a little bit, just testing the waters. And, uh, it's something that you've kind of enjoyed because you listen to quite a few podcasts, don't you? I do. I do. I, um, I do enjoy the format. Um, I'm probably a little closer to your daughter's age than I am to your age, <laughs> Pastor Shane. <laughs> so I do enjoy the podcast format. Um, and uh, I just, um, yeah, I mean, I, I have questions and I can I can search the actual questions on some podcasts and, um, you know, and, and really find, you know, scriptural answers to those questions. And um, I thought, you know, what better way than to uh, trust my own pastors with this same task, you know? And so um, that's kind of, kind of what I'm thinking on it, you know? That's good. And, and Matt will actually be uh, curating your questions uh, that you guys submit uh, to this podcast and, and we'll be able to select 
uh, a question. Uh, and you can actually ask your own question at by sending a pa- uh, sending just a, an email to askyourpastor at tbcmoultrie.com. Uh, and if you don't have access to send email, but you do have access to the Internet, uh, you can go to tbcmoultrie.com. Click on the media tab and you can uh, click a form to submit a question to the Ask Your Pastor podcast. And your question may be uh, used in a later podcast. Uh, so we, we want your questions. We need those to keep this going. So if you have an opportunity to do that, uh, submit a question that you may have. And uh, we may feature that question in a future podcast. Uh, but today uh, we have a question of uh, how much should I tithe? And so a lot of questions go along with that single question. And uh, with that, I'm going to give it over to you, Shane, and uh, let you uh, answer that question. Okay. All right. Great. Uh, and it's a great question. And it's a pretty common question, uh, as a matter of fact. And so I'll just share with you uh, what I've got. Um, typically, uh, a lecture type person. So uh, if you need to stop me, that's fine. You go ahead and stop me. But I'm just going to share. So uh, how much should I tithe? Um this is a topic that you can spend as much time as you want on, but I'm going to cover some high points and try to give you a bit of understanding, you know, and clarification just from the scriptures and do it in a reasonable amount of time. So what I want to do is just go ahead and give a quick and direct answer to the specific question. How much should I tithe? And then I'm going to elaborate a little bit more on that uh, and what most people mean when they ask it. So the quick, specific answer is if you're going to tithe, then it has to be 10% because the very word tithe means 10. Does that make sense? It does. Okay. Yeah. So the, if, you're, if you're going to tithe, you have to give 10% because that's what it means. In other words, you can't tithe 5%. Uh, you can't tithe 9, 11, or 75% because that's like saying, um, you know, I'm going to give 10% by giving $75 out of this hundred. It just, it doesn't make sense. So the word tithe means 10th. It's a specific thing, a specific percentage. Um, I go back um, very early, you know, in the scripture. So a tithe or, or giving a 10th that first appeared way back in, in Genesis chapter 14 uh, in verses 18 through 20, when Abram actually gave a 10th or he gave a tithe. Uh, of the spoils of war to a priest king named Melchizedek. And so that's the first place that you see a tent given to someone or a tent offered or a tithe offered. And, and tithing appears in the law of Moses. You can find it in Leviticus uh, 27 verses 30 through 32. Um, there where the people were instructed to, to give a tent, the produce of crops and trees and, um, and also one out of every 10 head of livestock. So they would have livestock lined up and then every 10th uh, uh, head of livestock, they would mark it and set it aside. Um, back uh, a little bit farther in Numbers chapter 18, verse 26, you'll see that the Levites, which was a priestly tribe, they actually received a tithe from the people of Israel as uh, support and an inheritance. And then in return, um, the Levites would give a tithe of that tithe back mm-hmm. to the Lord. Uh, it can get kind of confusing. But um, in Deuteronomy chapter 14, verse 22, there was also instruction for the Israelites to tithe of their crops. So 
in Israel, there were, you know, there were a couple of tithes in a year. One was, was to support the priests and the Levites and basically to fund the national government. And the other was to fund on uh, national celebrations and feasts like uh, Passover and, you know, other national assemblies. And then there was also, this may be a little confusing. There was also roughly a third tenth every third year <laughs> that equated to about 3.3% a year as a tax for, for um, the poor. Um, I can get back to that in, in just a second. But if you, if you head over to Malachi, you'll find a place where we're all pretty familiar with in Malachi chapter 3. Um, Malachi chapter 3 speaks of robbing God of tithes and offerings. You guys remember that? Right. All right. Well, it was addressed to the Jewish people. So Malachi 3 is addressed to the Jewish people because the temple had actually been rebuilt after um, the Babylonian siege. And at that point, God's people were neglecting the Mosaic law by not paying the required tithes uh, or giving offering offerings. I'm sorry. And you can see the issue of Malachi chapter three and the context of what's being spoken of there early in that chapter, back in chapter one, verses seven and eight, where the people were actually offering defiled food. Um, they were offering lame, blind and, and sick animals to God. And then further down in verse 13, uh, verses 13 and 14, actually, they were even offering stolen goods as, quote, tithes and offerings. So God was angry that they were robbing him and they were being disobedient. And that's where Malachi, the, the warning in Malachi 3 um, came from. So Malachi, was, it was a capstone prophecy for the Old Testament and God's final warning to the people before basically 400 years of prophetic silence before the arrival of John the Baptist. So in context, Malachi chapter three was a rebuke for the Israelites not obeying his law. So when we actually look at what was going on in the Old Testament, the tithes were law, tithes, plural, uh, were law, you know, and they were given um, roughly three times with one of those being divided over three years. And the total, it added up to around 23.3%. Now, <clears throat> that's that's debated and and some say it goes up to about 28% but I'm just sticking with what I know here. Right. Um so if we're going to if we're going to give according to the way the Jews gave, you know, to maintain the theocratic government and then be consistent with that, we can't give 10%. If we're going to do it in according to how they did it in the Old Testament, we have to bump that giving up to 23 and a third percent because they gave three tithes respectively. All right. Well, we're not Old Testament Jews. We are New Testament Christians. And, and, and Jesus came to fulfill the law for us. And you guys are familiar with this. He told us this in Matthew chapter 5, verse 17. He said that he didn't come to abolish the law, but he came to fulfill it. And he did that. And then in Galatians chapter 4, verse 4, we learn that he came born of a woman, um, born under the law so that he might redeem those under the law. You know, praise the Lord for that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So that's, this is great news. You know, this is great news, not just, well, for a whole, whole bunch of different reasons, yeah. but at the same time, um, you know, we have to understand that that doesn't, the, these things don't exonerate us from giving. And so, um, what 
people are really asking in a question like how much should I tithe is, you know, how much money should I give to my local church? And that answer varies because the law has been fulfilled by Jesus Christ. What's left, I'm, uh, excuse me, what's left is free giving or offerings to the Lord. We give offerings to the Lord and we can't put a percentage on that because the new Testament doesn't allow for it. Um, as a matter of fact, Matt and Brandon, if, if, if you go to the New Testament and, and, and you guys are familiar with these things, if you go to the New Testament, you start reading, you'll actually see that the percentages are all over the place. Um, yeah. yeah. So, for example, in Luke chapter 21, you, uh, you guys are familiar with the story of the widow giving two mites, all right, which was roughly a penny. But the scriptures say that she gave all that she had. All right. So if she gave all that she had, what percentage was that? 100%. <laughs> that's easy math. <laughs> I can do that math. That's pretty easy. <laughs> that's that. Yeah, that's that good math. So she gave a hundred percent, and so then then if you go to places like and there's there's several different places, but if you go to places like Acts chapter five, um, we have the story of a couple named Ananias and Sapphira, and and we learned that they sold some property and they brought the money to Peter as an offering, and then. In verse four of that chapter, Peter clearly tells Ananias that after the property sold, he said this, he said, quote, the money was at your disposal. In other words, a tenth wasn't required. So Peter didn't say when you sold that property, you know, you should have held a tenth back or you should have offered a tenth or tithe, you know, on this money. He just said the money was at your disposal. Peter said after the land sold, was it not under your control? In other words, the money was theirs to do what they wanted to do with it. And any portion of that, in other words, any percentage of that could have been given to the church. Any percentage and, and Ananias and Sapphira, Sapphira did actually give a portion of the money as an offering. But the problem wasn't in the percentage. The problem was in their hearts as they gave, they, they gave insinuating that they were giving a hundred percent of the land proceeds to make them look good or whatever their motivation, but they didn't, they lied. They held back some of it and made it look like that they were given a hundred percent. So we see right there that their issue was a heart issue, not an accounting issue. You see what I'm saying? Oh yeah. definitely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was a heart issue, not an accounting issue. It didn't have anything to do with percentages. It had to do with what they determined to do in their heart. That's what Peter was addressing. Now, if you go to somewhere like Acts chapter 2, if you backed up to Acts chapter 2, verse 45 in the early church, you can see that they were selling property and they were distributing freely to those who had need. They weren't, they weren't selling their property. It doesn't say anything about they were selling property and then, and then counting out percentages. It said that they were distributing freely to those who had need. So these guys weren't accounting. These women and men weren't accounting. They were offering. And that's important for us to understand. Now, typically today, when somebody says, what should I tithe? It, it's, it's more times than not. Uh, when, when you're talking about motivation, it's more times than not. It's a question trying to determine the least amount that they can get away with. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. When they yeah. say, how much should I give? How much should I tithe? What they want you to do is they want, they want you to exonerate them from giving. They say, they want you to say, 
well, we don't have to, we don't have this 10% requirement anymore. We don't have this 23 and a third percent requirement anymore. You know, um, yeah, just, just give the least amount that you can possibly give. And there's a problem with that because therein lies another heart issue. And so, but you know, while the, the new Testament doesn't determine a percentage, it, it does establish a precedent of free giving and giving generously. So, uh, that, that's what, that's what you see in the new Testament. You see generosity, you see freely people freely giving, uh, taking care of one another. Um, you see the example of the widow, uh, and her two mites. And so I'll just read you this. Um, some, I'll leave you with some instructions for giving to the local body from Paul. And I love this passage of scripture because it just kind of sums everything up in second Corinthians chapter nine, verses six and seven. He says, now this, I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must do. This is, this is where it's each one must do as he has purposed in his heart. And then he qualifies. He says, not grudgingly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. So Paul didn't determine a percentage there. He just he just said that, that you should give not grudgingly or under compulsion, but give cheerfully. So as a, a, a New Testament believer, like we are, you know, regardless of percentages, make sure that you're giving cheerfully and generously and Typically what happens is that we grow in our faith and we grow to a point to where even if the requirement were 10%, it wouldn't be enough for us. And so it's, we, we don't want to, we don't want to look at the minimum amount. We, our hearts grow and our faith grows and we actually could grow to give more. You know, we should desire to give more to the kingdom and the spreading of the gospel. Right. And I think you see a lot of that in, uh, I think you see the words tithe and offering mm-hmm. um, give, and, and because those are actually two separate things, uh, you have a tithe, like you've explained, is actually a tenth. Uh, and, and offering is more of uh, you're freely giving out of your heart. And that's and that's a heart condition, because the thing is about giving is that God sees the person's heart. Yeah. And. God understands um, the situations of everyone. And if, if you're just going on a tithe of a, a percentage, a 10%, then uh, you're basically saying that my duty is done and that I've given my uh, money to the church and, I'm, and I have uh, basically turning it into a legalistic uh, methodology yet again. Whereas in the New Testament, all you're doing, you're actually um, you know, giving freely as an offering, as a gift and, and, and meeting needs where needs are being, are needed, you know, our needs are out there. You're just meeting those needs. So it's a lot different. So I mean, I mean people have really taken that word tithe and had decided, you know, uh, and continue to use that. Whereas we don't really tithe, so to speak in as a new Testament believer. Right. Well, right. It's, it's an offering. And, and if, if you, if you take, if you tithe, if you do tithe and you do give 10%, it's, it's, it's hard to deal with percentages, but if you do tithe and you do give 10%, that has to be given with the right heart too. It's all about the heart issue. The new Testament, all about the heart. 
Uh, Jesus says that you commit adultery in your heart. All these different things go on in your heart. And so what, t- what, what tends to happen sometimes is, is you mentioned legalism a little while ago, a few minutes ago. And typically what tends to happen sometimes is people will start to give 10% and then they, they, they'll, they'll give that 10%, give that 10%, give that 10%. And then they become desensitized as to what they're actually given. There's no heart in it. And there's no joy in it. There's no faith involved in it. And so it's turned into something that's legalistic. And you, you, you're basically just doing something that you feel like is fulfilling the law. You're just fulfilling a religious duty or a tradition and you're not doing what Paul said and giving cheerfully. So yeah, absolutely. Well, I do want to bring one thing up when it comes to that. Uh, do you give, um, you give online or digitally, um, to the church or you have in the past, haven't you, um, pastor Shane? That's right. So, and I, I think some people look negatively at giving, uh, on a reoccurring basis or giving, um, in some church giving systems and they look at that to say that it's not personalized and that you don't mean it. Uh, whereas, um, in reality, I think that actually enables people, uh, to be able to give to the church and, and be able to do that easier. Uh, but they have access to look at all of their, you know, look at how much they've given mm-hmm. and be able to see that instead of, you know, some people basically trash talk digital giving, right. uh, whereas, I don't know if really that it, that it's an, you know, it's, it's well-founded that you would trash talk someone for, you know, giving digitally or giving on a reoccurring basis where it actually, you know, enables people to continue to give and you don't know their heart, like mm-hmm. you said, and they may be checking, you know, every week or every month and looking at what they're given and may change it. So I, that was one thing that I wanted to bring up in, in the digital age of giving um, people kind of um, look at that negatively and sometimes. Yeah, that's one true. Thing, one, thing ahead, I thought, one thing I thought about today too is I was reading and you read in, in Second Corinthians and I was there a lot, but I was, you know, thinking about the heart issue and how Jesus dealt with the heart almost every time he speaks in the New Testament, you know, in, in the Gospels. And, and when I, th- when I thought about this today and I prayed about it, um, I, he, I kept thinking about the rich young ruler mm-hmm. and, you know, and, and, and you were talking about the law, you know, we, you, you know, we, we brought the law up first, you know, yeah. and, um, you know, the, the rich young ruler asks, um, you know, good teacher, what shall I do to in- inherit eternal life? And, um, and, uh, you know, Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. And so he throws out the commandments. And um, and, and he, he tells Jesus, you know, I've, I've kept all these commandments from my youth. Mm-hmm. And um, so, you know, talking law, you know. Mm-hmm. And, um, and Jesus looked at him and said, one thing you lack, go and sell all you possess and give to the poor. Now, Jesus knew his heart. And he knew that he loved his possessions, you know. Yeah. And so for the rich young ruler, at that moment, it was 100%, you know? Yeah. And, um, and, I, and so I was kind of thinking about that today, you know. If Jesus was to come up to me, like he did the rich young ruler, which he does, um, you know, 
would I love my possessions, you know, the way the rich young ruler did, because, you know, that was his heart issue and Jesus knew it, you know? Yeah. That was some thoughts. And just correct me where I, where I talked on that. And, um, Maybe no, some, no, that's good. Maybe that's some, that's some, a great way. Maybe some clarification on that. Yeah, that's a great way to examine yourself. I mean, the rich young ruler, um, he he believed that he had kept all the laws. You know, he believed that he had kept all the laws. That was a hard issue within itself. <laughs> right. And then then Jesus called him to give away everything. But you know that when Jesus called the rich young ruler to give away everything, and the rich young ruler couldn't do it. Well, it, you have to go back to the Ten Commandments and say, well, he couldn't have kept all the laws. He just broke one of them because he was idolizing his possessions. Right. Um, but that's that's a great that's a great story or a great you know historical account uh, to to examine ourselves with, and and we can examine our giving with that story too. You know, what are we um, what are we tied to? What do we truly love? Do can you can't serve God and money? So. Um, are we giving sacrificially? Are we giving cheerfully? Are we giving from the heart? Are we holding back? So it's a, it's a great story to do that with. Yeah, and I think that also shows an example, like you said, an example of a heart condition where it be, whether it be you giving cash in the offering plate, you're, you're donating online, you're, um, you're you know, giving uh, something, uh, I guess even donating goods, um, to a church like you need to you know want to donate um, the furniture or something like that it's, it's really a heart condition in all of it um, in determining you know because God understands and, and God can see your heart and see where you're at with that definitely and and to go back to uh, you were you were talking about digital giving just a few minutes ago to kind of go back to that uh, I think there's some great benefits in that. Um, and, and when I think about the story of the widow's might, some of the things that the, that the, uh, the, the wealthy uh, religious leaders were doing when they went into the temple to give their offerings is they were giving it so that people could see it. And they were, you know, they were giving it away so that people could see and could hear exactly what they were doing. Um, I think digital giving for some people, and I, I think passing the offering plate is a great thing. I think it's, I think it's awesome. There's absolutely nothing wrong with it, but I think digital giving is a great way for somebody um, that may deal with pride issues and whatnot. This is digging pretty deep and, and even being a, tra- a little bit transparent where you deal with a little bit of pride issues and different things like that. It's a great way to give anonymously. Um, when I say anonymously, not that the church doesn't know who's giving, but anonymously in that, you don't actually do it in the service. Um, you know, you, you give the amount that you feel uh, compelled to give that you can give cheerfully and uh, you do it uh, on your own time. And it's also personal. You mentioned the, the personal aspect of it. And some people may think that it's an impersonal thing. It absolutely is not an impersonal thing. The way that I give is not um, uh, automatically reoccurring. Um, it's, it's the, the amount and everything is determined on a transaction by transaction basis. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I think it's a great thing. I think that's an awesome point to say that, that I didn't even think about that, how it may be in some respects, a sometimes a better way to give in that it's completely 
um, anonymous from everybody in the congregation and only you and God knows in a, apart from the administ- whoever's administrating the, the account, it's just between you and God. And, yeah. and y'all are the, you know, you two are the only one that knows how much you're given and it keeps it personal and completely 180 from, like you said, when the Pharisees would give their offering, how they did it in public. And so everybody could hear. So that's, that's a great point. Yeah. I like that part. I like Jesus, that. Opportunity. Jesus says, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Yeah. <laughs> or, or is it the other way around? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that's close enough. It's, it's one of the others. So. <laughs> that's awesome you know that's a good opportunity i think you know that makes a lot of sense and uh you know that that's pretty cool to see that you know tithe is basically a word basically a percentage and and how it's kind of evolved to people turning that into what they give to the church whereas we're really just giving a gift um and it's a um you know, only God knows our, our heart condition and, and, and how we give and why we give. And, um, and so it's just a, an offering to him and that's the way we should, should treat it. That's right. You, go ahead, Matt. I know we're about to close this up in a second, but there's one thing I do want to put out there too. Um, so we don't miss it. Um, and I, I think it's important. Like I'm not a pastor and I think this is important. Okay. Yeah. We need to support, not only you know our church and 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 put money where it needs to be needed but um we need to support our pastors like um i mean what is uh what's that verse um hold on i just had it i just had it stay with me stay with me you shall not muzzle an ox when it treads out to grain the laborer deserves his wages and um that's in first timothy so that's from paul that's new that's new covenant that is New Testament promises, and our promises are greater than the Old Testament and the New Covenant. And we should we should want to give, you know, cheerfully. And and I, I want to be specific on to support our pastors because they give so much time during the week. They stay in the scriptures, you know. They direct the flock. I mean, I, I can't even tell you how impactful you know, you and brother Terry have been to me. And so just from that perspective and trying to, to just zone in on that specific purpose to support you guys, you know, and and I'm not saying put y'all up in mansions, but to make sure that you're taken care of. And, um, because that's a biblical mandate to take take care of our pastors. Yeah. I think I think we just had a sentimental moment there. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. I get really emotional. <laughs> it's it's an honor and it's a privilege. And yeah, I agree. I agree. We don't need to be living in mansions. Matter of fact, I'm fixing to move into a 400 square foot mansion. Heck yeah. So I don't need to. I don't need. I don't need the money to support that. <laughs> but I, I think that, and and I've had this conviction for a long time. And I'll close with this, and then you guys can do what you got to do, but. I believe that if we, I believe that if we taught biblical if New Testament giving, if we taught New Testament giving, giving the way Paul said, you know, giving not grudgingly or under compulsion, but giving cheerfully, you've got some people and, 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 and there's many people that say, well, if you don't tell people to give 10%, the church is going to suffer. The church is going to suffer. You can't pay your pastors, you can't pay your bills. 
But I believe that if we teach liberty, we teach liberty and we teach the way Paul said, the, the way Paul taught right here. Yes, you're going to have people that are going to get 1%. You're going to have people that are going to get 2%, 3% or whatever. And, and you know, because you may have, uh, I'm not going to go into a lot of examples, but you may have an elderly person who lives on a fixed income and they've got circumstances, situation beyond their control, whatever. But you're also going to have people that don't regulate themselves to 10% giving. They're going to say, okay, I, I'm free to give. I'm free to give. Just like I'm free to live um, because of the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, I'm also free to give. And you know what? I can actually give 30% or I can give 60 or I can give 70% of my income because everything's paid off. And so then you've got people that are giving one, two or 3%, 5%. Then you've got people that may be giving 60 or 70%. And if you take and, and, and divide those up, you're going to have a percentage. If you want to put a percentage, you're going to have a percentage that's much higher than just the few people that are giving 10%. Because when you put, when you put the law on people, if, you, if you're going to put the law on people, there are folks out there, and I know this for a fact, there are folks out there that say, well, I've been told that 10% is the mandate, and if I can't give 10%, it doesn't matter anyway, and so I'm not going to give anything. And then you rob them of being able to give to the work of the kingdom and the spreading of the gospel just because they believe if they can only give 5% of their income, they might as well not do it anyway because God's not going to, be, not going to accept it. Wow. And so I think we just need to teach the scriptures and have faith that, that, that God's going to take care of this, this kind of stuff. <laughs> that was, that, wow. That, that was good. <laughs> that was good. That's why we have you answering the questions. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. Well, good. Are you, are you good? Um, brother Shane, are you, yes, sir. Are you good? Yes, sir. I am. I'm thank you. Thank you for the opportunity. I've had a great time doing this. Yeah, I think it's been wonderful right now. And you got anything else to add, Matt? No, I mean, that was, uh, I enjoyed it. That was, that was edifying. That was edifying. Good deal. Well, if you have any questions that you'd like to ask on this podcast, uh, you can do so by going to our website at tbcmultry.com. Click on the media link. And you can submit your own question on the form that will be there uh, or just send an email to askyourpastor at tbcmoultrie.com. This uh, Ask Your Pastor podcast is a ministry of Temple Baptist Church in Moultrie, Georgia. If you have any questions or you would like to contact Temple Baptist Church, uh, you can do so by visiting us on the web at tbcmoultrie.com. See the link and the information there in here in the podcast information. Uh, so um, this will end our podcast for t- today, and uh, we hope you guys have a wonderful uh, evening, and, and we hope to get some questions. So submit your questions, and uh, we'll curate those to and use those questions for future podcasts. So thanks again, and uh, we will see you later. That concludes today's episode of Ask Your Pastor. If you enjoyed this episode or would like to ask your own question, please let us know. Visit us on the web at tbcmultry.com and click on the media link. Or you can send us an email at askyourpastor at tbcmultry.com. Again, thanks for listening.